It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and author of Fall of the Boston Celtics. Thank you yet again for downloading the number one podcast on the web dedicated to the NBA's winningest franchise, Celtics Beat. CLNS Radio truly values your patronage. Because of your loyalty to making Celtics Beat the most downloaded weekly Celtics podcast online, we would love to offer a free copy of my critically acclaimed book available at clnsradio.com slash book. That's clnsradio.com slash book. Happy reading and enjoy today's broadcast. Today is Sunday, April 3rd, 2016. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio, and I am Larry H. Russell. Today's featured guest will be Leon Poe. Leon will be here to talk about the Celtics. Uh, safe to say we're going to touch upon Friday's big win. A little actually more than just touch upon, but which is good. I, I still don't even know what to say here 30-some hours after that game ended. Talk about that a, a little about himself. And we're also, there's a game later tonight, too, against Los Angeles, which means there's a pregame show. So we'll bang that out for today's pregame show against the Lakers with Mr. Poe. And I'll also get my say in there, too. Got tickets to give away for Wednesday's game against New Orleans. The Pelicans to our lucky winner. That is coming up. As well as for the first time in quite a while, we will bring back Around the NBA in 5. All on episode number 151 of Celtics Beat, which this week is being presented by SeatGeek and Casper. Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. You get a great sleep on a Casper mattress. Softest, most comfortable mattress I've ever slept on. And I've slept unbelievable these past few nights, which is saying something because many in Celtics Nation have not. A Friday night at the Oracle, Celtics 109, Warriors 106. <laughs> uh, never have I used this space to talk about, to go crazy about one game or one loss, one win. But this is a game that I believe has major repercussions. The admiration directed towards the Celtics over the last 24, 30 some hours here after that effort to show the world. We know how well coached they are, but to reconfirm it and bang it in everyone's head to the point where everyone in the national media is just losing their freaking minds over Brad Stevens, don't think that can have an impact when talking about free agents this summer? Hmm. 
Seltzer now 2-2 two two on this West Coast road trip, sit at 42-32 and 32 on the season. Losses to the Blazers and Clippers, but again, who cares? Just six games to go, including tonight in Los Angeles against the lowly Lakers. Heard a lot of, oh, well, if they don't win tonight, are you just gonna, they're just going to give that big win right back. No, I don't think so. They got a mulligan and a half. They come out a little flat from riding such an emotional high after Friday. That was a hallmark of hallmark regular season wins, not just for Brad Stevens, not just for the Celtics, but for any team. That's a signature win for the freaking Spurs, for goodness sake. First team to win at the Oracle in 15 months. How did Boston do it? I, I don't know. I'm speechless. Brian Scalabrini was speechless. I'm still sputtering a bit, kind of at a loss for words. So many things to ponder over. First, how in God's name did the Celtics overcome that crowd and that team? That was an NBA Finals crowd on steroids, even by Bay Area standards. Friday night, the momentum plays they had, the Golden State, they can get it back in a game so quickly. It's just ridiculous. When the Celtics were up seven with like a minute 35, did you ever think, oh yeah, they got this one. All it takes is one three, and sure enough, Draymond Green, top of the key, three and a stop and a break, and it's a one-possession game in seconds with a crowd in absolute bedlam. Remember how earlier this season I was very concerned about the mental fortitude of this team, how they did not react well in tense situations? Uh, how is that, that, how's that going? How is that not going to play out? Well, come playoff team when it's all tense. Can't have a better barometer to measure that experience than to watch the team win a game against one of the best teams in the NBA history in a freaker stock. You know, ah! <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was a freaking soccer stadium, for goodness sake, on Friday. You, you got... I tell you, you see a lot with teams. Good teams can lose to lesser teams, but it's on the road. The Warriors themselves, they lost to Detroit, Denver, uh, freaking L.A., all on the road. It kind of came out flat. Another team's crowd gets involved, and it happens. NBA history is littered with examples of the 72-win, 96 Bulls losing to the expansion Raptors in Toronto, but never at home. Never at home. And when the Warriors were making that third quarter run behind Steph Curry, who was doing what Steph Curry does, making threes from everywhere on dribble handoffs, just inside the freaking half, the half-court pull-ups, for the Celtics to withstand that is now all the validation for this group that they are the best coach team in the NBA this side of San Antonio. And most importantly, they are a mentally tough enough team that you can trust in adverse situations. Far cry from the beginning of the season, huh? They may have that edge now when facing some of these other Eastern Conference foes in the playoffs, which is six games away. Update, we are giving away playoff tickets on this show. Stay tuned. Celtics beat goes without saying. Just so much to take out of Friday night. That, to me, is the primary storyline. The complete validation of the growth of the collective this year and the individual. Evan Turner uh, talked with Justin Poole of Celtics Stuff Live Saturday morning. Uh, Evan Turner, Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected of all people, who have thought we'd be saying that considering the type of boneheaded plays that guy was making in January, that guy was making throughout his career, he is uh, right up there with Jordan Crawford as the Brad Stevens reclamation project, and he might be the ultimate one so far. Jared Sullinger crucified this guy on this show over the, over the summer. I didn't think he was going to last this long. I didn't think he'd stay in shape. Credit to Brad Stevens for managing his minutes and keeping him in a threshold, I believe. It was he 25 minutes Friday night. Kevin Pelton was on episode number 150 of Celtic Speed last Sunday in the archives on iTunes Stitcher, uh, if you still want to listen. Said point blank, Sullinger is going to cost the Celtics $15 million per season to resign, and that Boston should do it. Kind of made his case Friday, if not all season, huh? Was as valuable as anyone in that win. He probably dominated 
his matchup more than any other individual matchup on any one of the Celtics did that night. Not taking anything away from Avery Bradley's ridiculous eye-opening defense. Saw players throughout the league that night tweet as that game was going on. C.J. McCollum, he was one best on-ball perimeter defender in the NBA. The Darrell Revis of the NBA is back, Avery Bradley. Uh, I still... Here we are. Me, I still for the life of me. I cannot believe they won that game. Never considered it whatsoever. I did the pregame show on CLNS Radio on Friday and deliberately did not book a guest largely because I did not know what in the hell I was going to talk about with my guest because I gave the Celtics a less than 0% chance to win that game, which I have no qualms to admit and understand everyone completely if you feel insulted by my intelligence of today's NBA. I gave the Celtics no shot. I still don't know how. I woke up. I I completely forgot about the game Saturday morning, for goodness sake. I'm still completely shocked. And I watched the game. The Warriors did not play that bad. Yes, they had 22 turnovers, but so many of them were forced, particularly by Bradley's gang-banging defense, for lack of a better phrase. Yes, the Warriors had unforced errors. The two at the end of the game, that's everyone in the national media we're talking about, people from the Oakland media, that area. A Draymond fumbling the pick and roll, no question that was the play of the game. Golden State was winning that game once he completed that one. Now, that had... That, had a basket and one written all over it. But the other one on the fast break, the bad bounce of the ball, remember, that was off an unforced Celtics toner of their own. So it wasn't like Boston pitched a perfect game either. Yes, the Celtics made tons and tons of shots, contested shots. But hey, they missed 11 free throws too, and they were missing Crowder. The hell, they did not have Jake Crowder. We haven't, 10 minutes into the show, we haven't talked about that. Just uh, was... Uh, what, what word can we use here? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's where I used uh, a little about that win. There's no way whatsoever to short sell that win. That was not a home game like, uh, for example, the prior meeting this year, the double overtime game in December. Like, I would not have been surprised had Boston won that game, the December matchup. As I've stated, you can always catch even the best of teams and beat them on your floor, and then you forget about it in a week. I mean, they're all... Think we're celebrating the Bucks for not being you know, being the first team to beat the Warriors, the Pistons, the Nuggets, LA. I mean, they they got them on their floor. Congrats, to those teams. That's a great accomplishment. But it's it's happened. That Warriors team was nine million and O in Oakland. They hadn't lost there since the Nixon administration. That arena, as stated, was a goddamn third world soccer stadium. You did not catch them flat. You did not catch the Warriors resting players. Yes, they were missing Iguodala. You know, excuse me, Iguodala uh, kind of prevented them from going small, but that loss is certainly canceled out, and then some by you know the Celtics not having Crowder as they stated. But Warriors wanted that game. The fan, the fans wanted. Did you see the cameras of local CSN feeds cut to some Warrior fans crying after the game? Shows how seriously they're taking it. For whatever reason, the streaks, the records. And the Celts won, and they deserve the splurge fest. I've kind of lost my mind here like I've never had before on the show, but I, they deserve it from us, from the local media, the national media. This is something that can go a long way. You think in terms of perception for the franchise and in terms of judging this season, if you told me I had two doors, door one, first-round playoff exit and beating the Warriors in Oakland, door two, winning a first-round series, I would not know what door to choose. Hey, guess what, too? I mean, they still can win a playoff series. I'm just saying as a hypothetical. But seriously, what door would you choose? I would not know. It's a good question. I should ask Leon something like that when we get him here, which is going to be very soon. But that's how valuable this win is for this group and for these fans. But even long-term, because of how good it makes Brad Stevens look for the whole basketball world. I mean, come on, Kevin Durant. Come on, Durant. Oh, goodness. But it's seriously, though, good chance, especially since that was a nationally televised game. 
Good chance that may have won Brad Stevens Coach of the Year, by the way, and can certainly help to see Golden State get the 73 and go on to win the championship. But don't want to take any more thunder away. We could be going along for this game forever, but we got our guest here, and we're still going to get on this game the best we can because, as stated, I'm still a little bit out of a loss, and I'm just sort of rolling right here, just almost rambling. So still there's a little too much fog in having my brain work appropriately and being able to break down the game the way we should. So that's why we got our guests here. But I want to take care of a little business right now. Ticket winner. No better time to do this, right? We build up all this excitement. Wednesday, April 6th. So when the sellers come back home from this road trip, when they wrap it up tonight in Los Angeles, New Orleans, Pelicans. Winner drawn from our pool of people who like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Celticsbeat. Winner! To a pair of tickets for Wednesday's game is Stan Humphreys. Stan, first off, don't know if you're related to the old San Diego Chargers quarterback, but Stan, you are our winner. Enjoy Wednesday's game. No Anthony Davis, so that should be a win for the Celtics. Put it in the bank. Last contest for the regular season. A huge game for playoff positioning Monday, April 11th against the Charlotte Hornets. Here's how to enter that. Follow at CLNS underscore LHR on Twitter. That's at CLNS underscore LHR. Give that a follow and you are in the contest to win a pair of seats to that game. And stay tuned to this podcast because... Uh, Not only is this the number one podcast on the web dedicated to the NBA's winningest franchise, but we will be giving away tickets to playoff games here. Yes, the Celtics have not clinched yet, but they could probably do it tonight, I believe, but they're in. So subscribe to Celtics Speed on iTunes and Stitcher now because it's more than ever. You know, you don't want to miss a show, not to miss out on any opportunities, but... We have great guests like today's Mr. Leon Poe, former Celtics member of the 2008 World Championship Celtics team. Our interview with Leon is brought to you by SeatGeek. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated, and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That is why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. SeatGeek is the best ticketing app available in buying sports and concert tickets because unlike StubHub, they are honest and upfront with their price. There are no hidden fees at checkout. What you see initially is what you will be paying. And even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value. So you can immediately find underpriced tickets. They will alert you what's a good deal with easy color coding. Green is good. Yellow is middle. Red is bad, etc. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Get with listeners. Get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how. Download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT. That's all one word. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first purchase. So just download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code CELTICSBEAT today. Going to want to get some games now, huh? Because not only to see a great team, but you may even run into today's guest, Mr. Poe, Liana. Not sure you heard me come out of the gates there in the open, a little guns a-blazing a little bit. I was just still freaking flabbergasted how that went down, factoring everything back-to-back. No Crowder, best team in the NBA post-Jordan, player having the best single-season NBA history, and I caught the game on replay, and when I was watching that third quarter, and Curry and that Warriors team came out at halftime like gangbusters, I knew the result, but I was still like, I mean, the Celtics, they, they won this game. Am I watching the right game here? When, when you were watching that live, how much of a chance were you giving the Celtics then? Could you have easily seen a blowout ensue? Yeah, yeah, they uh, uh the team came out they they fought hard uh from the beginning to the start uh to the end. Um but that third quarter um Steph Curry and them got rolling, especially Steph Curry. I think he didn't miss in that quarter. Uh and usually you know teams fold when Steph Curry get going like that and um they start to run away with the lead. But um the Celtics 
we came out um, and, and matched and matched him, matched his intensity, uh, matched him shot for shot, and end up uh, still being on top at the end of the third, and that was a big momentum uh, uh, swinger for us. And as you see, as I just stated, you see a lot too with good teams at home. I mean, you've. A lot of times, I'm going to say a lot of times, the NBA Golden State's lost eight times now, but seven of those times have been on the road. They get tripped up by bad teams. The best teams in NBA history have always lost to teams on the road. But at home, you see teams when they come out and they punch a team in the mouth in the third quarter. You guys did a lot in 08 when you were on that Celtics team. You guys would kind yep. of cruise along in that first half. Third quarter, punch another team in the mouth, go up by 20, and off and away you go. You were seeing that with Golden State. I was just saying when this whole game, when that crowd too. I just that was another thing. Just I could not believe that that team, that the Celtics were able to overcome. That's just how good Golden State is. But that freaking crowd was just yeah. absolutely relentless. And you'd see that a lot with teams. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm as bright as your teammate Brian Scalabrini said um, Friday night. I'm speechless. Tell me, tell me, what, give me a reasons why I should not be speechless after watching that game. Oh, that yeah, that, that that was an incredible game. Um, the Warriors, that like I said, they come out. They usually uh, they usually send the knockout punch. They usually go on runs like they they did in the third quarter. But teams got to be able to match them, and uh, and it's hard to do because they got firepower. They got so much firepower. But what our guards did was incredible. The thing, uh, thing Marcus Smart did on uh, Clay Thompson, man, he didn't give him no airspace. Uh, wouldn't let him get going. And uh, and Steph had a lot of turnovers, but he got going in that third, and we were able to neutralize the crowd to some, some somewhat and um, and actually come out on that third quarter on top. Like, that was a big a big key for us. But we came in there, and we had a good defensive team, came in there and played hard and, and, and just grinded it out, just, just, kept, uh, just kept hanging with them and matching them. And playing with the high intensity level that uh, you know the Celtics normally play with, and unfortunately yeah. for us, it was it was it was a win. <laughs> and there is a lot to look at it that is flabbergasting. You talk about the jobs that the guards did defensively. Clay Thompson, I don't want to oh, call man. him. I don't want to call him a non-factor, but I mean, when you he was shut down as much as you could shut him down. Steph Curry, yeah. I mean, there was a game, I think it was against Utah when they barely won. He was, no matter the kind, I don't want to say no matter what kind of defense you play on him, he's still going to hit shots, but he has shown that he can hit shots from anywhere on the court, no matter how you guard, no matter how Avery Bradley was playing him. But I mean, the guards defensively, it was just incredible. And what I also thought, I mean, we've seen the Celtics, they've lost plenty of times this year. They have 32 losses, I believe, on this Sunday. And they've lost a lot yeah. of games where down low they get beat down low, and yeah, the game that yeah. Sullinger had Friday night is just you have to speak one to itself to it. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, Sullinger did a great job. You know, they're rebounding, uh, getting second shots, uh, controlling the paint area. Go to State, they ain't a physically intimidating uh, uh, team. What they they knock you out with their skill and they will, and more is hitting shots uh, from every angle around the court. And uh, Southern just did a great job down there controlling the paint, and the whole team came out with just an intensity level that was that was just high that you wouldn't think they'd come out with off a of back to back, especially after a tough loss in Portland. And uh, and they did that, and, and much credit to our bigs, but much credit to our guards on the perimeter also. 
They have a lot of these. You're talking about that coming off the back-to-back in Portland. I did the pregame show on Friday. I didn't even bother getting a guest from from someone from the Oakland area because I almost felt like I was going to offend them by asking them questions like, hey, what can the sellers can do to win the game? Who do you think is going to win the game? Because yeah. I just that was a game that never registered to me that the sellers could win the game. Like we mentioned earlier in the year, oh. the, earlier in the year when they were in Boston, you always, you know, you always see that Golden State has lost seven games on the road this year to less than stellar teams. You guys in 08, I mean, you lost your games. The Bulls in 96, they lost to the Nets. They lost to the expansion Raptors. You can always see teams, they lose games on the road to lesser teams. Never happens at home. Yeah. Absolutely never happens at home. And when you factored all that in, when you're talking about Jay Crowder, who I didn't even know was not going to play. I went to bed at 7 o'clock that night. Yeah. Didn't even know he was not going to yeah. play. And then there was the back-to-back. After they lost the back-to-back, it was, oh, geez, they better get that Lakers game on Sunday because that game against Golden State is almost surely going to be a loss. And this team, over the last year and a half, the amount of wins that they have under Brad Stevens where you just write them off going into the second half of a back-to-back and all of the wins that they do have. And now this is almost – this is the trademark. This is certainly the signature win of the Brad Stevens era. And I I was even having – I was thinking this over Saturday morning and now here in a Sunday – would you even say that when you're talking about the success of this team, the success of the, you're talking about the story of the 2016 Boston Celtics, is winning last night's Friday's game, excuse me, let's see, it's, it's still so much in my mind, winning Friday's game, is that almost even better for this team, obviously not looking, better than probably even winning a playoff series? Like, let's say you had that hypothetically on the table, beating the Warriors in Oakland or winning a playoff series. Which, which door do you, you, you choose? Well, you know me, I'm all about winning winning playoff games, man, and, and, and try to try to build to a championship. But the Warriors, uh, uh but our you know, our team the Celtics, man, they, they always, you know, come out, play hard, uh, do a lot of good things on the uh on the offensive end and the defensive end. But uh, you know, beating the Warriors was a uh, is a momentum booster. But, you know, uh winning a playoff series, that's what, you know, we're fighting for right now, is trying to get a, a home court um series in the first round at the house so we can have a chance to win a playoff series. And, um, and you know, I prefer to take that over any, over any regular season game. Yeah, but see, I'm sort of looking at the long-term perception of this team and the amount of discussion that there has been regarding the Celtics in the national media over the past 36 hours. I mean, we haven't seen this since really five, six years ago now when, when this team was competing for championships. And I just think that if you're looking at – this team building something for the future, having this type of positive press in the way that they, they were able to do it on Friday night, I think that holds a tremendous amount of value, particularly going forward. I want to even get into that. I even actually even have to say, too, I, I have to confess, it's even as a fan, yeah. it kind of got weird rooting for this team for me, knowing that you really can't criticize it because of how much they were overachieving, and that was even before the Warriors games, because they've positioned themselves as much as they could for the future. But then at the same time, you couldn't really get overly excited about it because you know this group has a ceiling there at the end. They know there's going to be an end game, whether if they win a series or even two series or lose in the first round. I believe, actually, too, they can clinch tonight against L.A. If It's either clinch tonight or tie or something like that. But that yeah. it, it yeah. was a serious shot in the arm Friday night from a fan standpoint. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it was a, a serious momentum booster shot in the arm for the Celtics, for the fans, everybody, you know, for the city. Um, everybody's going to be excited. Um, I expect a, a big turnout, but our fans out here has been uh, always great. They always come to the games, always support the team. 
So, but it's going to be a lot of buzz when they get back here uh, uh, to the house and, and, and really, you know, really expecting them to play well from here on out. But it, it's all about winning games. It's all about trying to get better season for the playoffs. You know, we made the playoffs last year. We got bounced in the first round. Fans looking forward to us this year, uh, you know, at, at least achieving, uh, well, going a step or two further. So trying to trying to do the best we can. And and that's all it is. But winning, beating Golden State at Golden State, um, ending a streak, uh, snapping you know snapping their home game win streak was was great for us and great for our momentum and great for our team. Is the season already a success now after that game on Friday? Like even if this team lost in the first round, could you really call this is a successful season? Um, well, I, it's, it, it, yeah, Brad season uh, is doing a real good job. The team is doing a great job. Uh, we have some injuries down. We got a couple of injuries down the stretch, but um, so far, yeah, the, the season has been a success. Uh, but we we just want to get a higher seed. If we lose in the first round, um, we over here we 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 try to build to win championships. We try to build to get some momentum to win the championship. So. It'd be like going out as the same as we did last year. So, um, you know, I wouldn't call it a, a, a all the way like great success for us if we lose the first round. We got we got to you know try to get out that first round. I talked about the value of see. oh almost surely, but I talked about the value of winning that game the way they did on Friday night on national TV, no less. That's also another reason why there was so much yes. talk about the Celtics oh, yes. over on Saturday. So it was mm-hmm. on it was on national television. Everybody watched. Everybody watched the game except me. I go to bed at a very early hour. I'm sorry, you know, I wake up in the yep. morning. But I, everybody watched that game. And it was Celtics, 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 Celtics through Saturday, even a little bit here in a Sunday. And I thought that held, held tremendous value, not just because of what it does for this particular group, but even going forward for the future of this team and the perception of the Celtics organization to people outside of this organization. Oh. A deep playoff run. That is something that is going to have a lot of value. How much now? I mean, yes. here. Uh, I don't want to throw his name around. His, his name has been thrown around too much. But a, a big name free agent now that gets to look at this situation here in Boston. How good do you really? I, I, this is probably about as basic of a question uh, that I could ask. But knowing that we have now seen with the Warriors game on Friday, with the potential now at a long playoff run, how good of this situation is this to you know everybody else that plays not for the Celtics that may want to play for the Celtics? Well, it, it's a good situation where you know it was on national TV that we beat the Warriors and everything. Um, but it's going to tell every you know free agent out there that you know, especially the way we did it in the fashion we did it, is that we play hard. Um, we got something we building here, and um, and it's very exciting because uh, we got a, a coach in place that's that's really becoming a great coach, and. Um, and, and, and we got an atmosphere to try to, you know, to try to win, to try to win games, man. And that's that's our whole goal: to win games and, and on, on our way to a championship, to try to win a championship one day. So, you know, it's a it's a big momentum builder, like I said, when we beat the Warriors, and then and we did it on national TV. So everybody, everybody's watching, including all the free agents. So it, it, I know it couldn't hurt us, <laughs> so it helped. Do you think there are any challenges, though, as Boston as a city may have in shaking that stigma to young athletes, you know, younger black athletes that may want to play here? Because it isn't exactly, I mean, the hippest, coolest, most enticing city to play in. Um, well, I think, you know, um, when, when you talk when you talk about playing in Boston, man, what I learned, man, these, these fans are unbelievable, man. And what, what every player talk about is a home court advantage. 
And when these fans come out and they come out the roof for their team uh, and they support their team in all aspects, we got a, a, a definitely home court advantage here in Boston um, at the TD. And and that's amazing. And that's what that's what players want. And, you know, it, it just depends on what type of team that's, that's you know, that's, that's, that we have and for attract free agent, what the free agents are looking for. You just never know. You know, you never know what they want or what they want in place already before they get here. But, you know, we, Danny Ainge and uh, Coach and everybody in the organization, has been doing a great job of building this team up piece by piece. They have no question, and it's certainly going to be interesting to see how it's going to play out. Okay, Leon, hang on. Uh, listeners, hang on. Got a break briefly, but we will be right back with Leon Poe here on Celtic Speak on CLNS Radio. Episode number 151 of Celtic Speak with special guest Leon Poe is brought to you by Casper. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. They're revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. Made right here in the U.S. of A., a Casper mattress provides long-lasting comfort and support, as I know from personal experience. I've never used a mattress this soft and this comfortable. And you can buy it easily online and completely risk-free because Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality you spend a third of your life on. Casper offers free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day period so you don't have to lie down in a showroom. Studies have now proven lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether it is the right bed for you. Get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king-size mattress, an unbelievable deal compared to industry standards that cost thousands upon thousands. You can save an additional $50 as one of our audience members by going to casper.com slash Celtics and entering the promo code Celtics. That's casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. Terms and conditions apply. Back here with former Celtic and Bay Area homeboy, Leon Poe. And I was wondering, Leon, too, where if you had any connections left, maybe a slight bias with the dub, but suffice to say, after speaking here for some 15 minutes already, that is not the case. Want to shift things a bit here. Boston knocked the Warriors out on Friday. First loss for them on their home court this season. First since January 2015. Golden State now 68-8. and eight, eight losses. Got to go 5-1 and one for the record. They got two games against the Spurs. Though not sure if Pop's going to play his guy. That's always up in the air. But they got some work to do to get to 73. You played on a great team yourself. 2008 Boston Celtics was a big part of that team off the bench. Especially in the second half of that season when you got your chance against Philadelphia. And you made the most of it. Team 17th championship in their history. That Celtics team is generally regarded as one of the three best teams in the post-Jordan era. And they still had they had accolades of their own. You guys, one of just a handful of teams to have a double-digit point differential. And yes, this Warriors team, historical regular season no matter what. And we may be jumping to conclusions a bit here. Which shocker that with the media? No way, huh? But Although this Warriors team, they did close the deal last year. But let's roll. Let's put you right on the spot, man. 08 Celtics or 16 Warriors. Or, or Spurs, for that matter. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. See, um, and be honest. Everybody, everybody always asks me that, man. Um, uh, like my cousin, my family asked me that. Uh, it'd be a good matchup, man. I think we 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 had a, a lot of defense. We had, you know, we had a lot of defense. Uh, we played good perimeter D. Um, we have some guys in there that can that can play individual D and, and team defense. Our whole thing was team defense, though. So. 
given that, I think, you know, I I think it would have been a, a good battle. Uh, not saying we'll lose. Uh, you know, our, our, our 08 team, we think we could beat anybody anyway. So, um, I think we I think we could have got them. Just put it like that. I think we could have got them. What would have been issues? Because one of your I saw biggest strengths with I want to call this the biggest strength, but one of the most underrated aspects of that team was James Posey. I don't want to say the job he yeah. did on LeBron James. He did a great job on LeBron James up until Game Seven of that series. That whole team did yeah. a very good job in Kobe and 08. But what about guarding Steph yeah. Curry? That's like a whole new you know it's, little. It's a, it's, it's a it's a whole different ball game. But our our coaches usually do a good job of coming up with different game plans. But it's it's really no it's really no game plan for Steph Curry. You just gotta uh you can't let him come off them picks though. Like I see a number of uh players uh and, and teams doing they let him call come off the picks without the big stepping up and I know that, that will never happen with us because our bigs is agile and and and, and um, you know, can move. So we we did hit him with a lot of different looks, and I know Tom Coach Tom Thibodeau would have uh, would have came up with something good, but we did hit him with a lot of different looks. And then if he make it, like we said with Kobe, if he make it with a hand up in our face, that's good D. We we have we have no problem with that. You know, we used to say contested twos and contested threes, but uh, that that was our model. We had to just get a hand up and make sure we challenging every shot. So you're a little on the fence though about Warriors and Celtics. What about Spurs, Celtics? Because no, Spurs, I'm, I, yeah, no, I'm, I think I think we I think we I think we get them. But if Barr and Steph Curry don't go off like you know shooting half court shots, <laughs> that, that's that's a, a facet of the game that wasn't even there yeah. eight years ago. Yeah, and it's funny too yeah. when we talk about when you talk about all the great teams all time. These teams mm-hmm. over the last six seven years with the small ball that they play. That would have just changed yeah, the whole. That would have changed the strategies of you, not just your teams, but when you talk about the eighty Celtics front line or, or that yeah, you know, the Lakers yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. What about yeah. you guys against it the Spurs? Though? Yeah, it would have changed the strategy of when they go small ball. That, that'd be a different story, a whole different dynamic. And that's against the Spurs. I think we we I think we we match up. Uh, I think we match up well. We match up even better with the Spurs because we allow they allow us to play our normal defense. Kawhi and, was uh, like I said. Like Huh? Kawhi was almost sort of like you know a little smaller, quicker. No, no, no I don't want to call. He's almost like he. he I, I I don't know how I can describe this, but he almost vaguely resembles Garnett, but from a different position. You sort of you sort of get what I'm sa- saying. That oh eight. I know you're trying. I know you're yeah. saying he like he like the the leader on that defense. He on the defensive front and, and the vocal leader on the, you know on the he's defense. The two way guy. You know, even though you know, yeah, two way guy. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair argument. But um, and Tim Duncan's a little older, but their team is still incredible, um, and their team will match up with us great. Uh, the '08 team, uh, but I just feel our '08 team just had our they had we had another gear like a uh, something special, man. Especially all of us, all of us had a uh, uh, big hearts, man, and we we really, really thought we you know we can beat anybody. And when we was playing against the Lakers. Uh, we uh, we were saying in the back of our mind, the Lakers can't beat us. You know, what I'm saying the only way we lose this series is we beat ourselves, and and, and you true that was true, uh, proven to be true because we we won in you know six games, I believe. Yes, six games. Oh, yeah, you're right, two. six games. Yeah, mm-hmm. you had a big game in there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, got got me a game or two. Man. <laughs> I woke uh, up. I used yeah. to. I got. I got to confess. Yeah. 
I got to confess, you went off like, I mean, you had a huge game, and then you were going off at the beginning of the fourth quarter. There's like still those Mike Breen calls, because I remember they used that, like that, you know, when you yeah. had to dunk on the fast break, when you got off the, fear, off the feed from Pierce, they kept using that yeah. play to sell tickets the following year for the Celtics, and I had that little Leon Poe, wow, like call, just like <laughs> echoing in my head like that entire, it's like, okay, enough. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, and then the yeah. whole thing, and then the whole thing with Phil Jackson too. But I have to confess, I remember uh, like that summer, you guys were were bl- like were almost blew that game. <laughs> People forget that like, you guys nearly blew that second game. And I woke up like that summer. No, like, we all, yeah. I woke up like in a cold sweat like one day that summer, like just freaking out, like like that you guys lost that game and then went had to go back to L.A. one one. I was like, oh no. It's August. No, it's already in the bag. They they already won the they already won the championship. Yeah. We have the DVDs right here to prove yeah. it. DVDs right here to prove it. One of the things though yeah. too, and what this is about that about that team, Leon, was a lot of I mean, I've talked to you know a lot of we have especially in the summer we have these greatest uh, team of all time conversations, and I, I don't want to offend you, but the the OA team is not my my pick for greatest team in NBA history, but the computer algorithms. Uh, aren't too favorable to your 08 Celtics team, even though that you guys had a phenomenal regular season, the 66 wins, and you also yeah. had a double-digit point differential. You guys killed so many teams throughout that season. One game that comes to my mind is when your was your breakout game against Philadelphia. Remember how we were talking about yeah. uh, teams stepping on at the third quarter? I remember Doc finally giving you a chance because my, my friend used to go they, oh, they gotta they, my, my split, split season tickets with he lives in LA now he used to go they gotta give Leon Poe a chance and I'm like listen enough of this freaking Leon Poe it's almost like the whole thing with Jordan <laughs> Mickey now like and it, sure yeah. enough he was right and I so I remember that game when you just completely blew up against Philadelphia and then you just never really looked back which is rare uh, for rookies and then you had you know, your game winner against Minnesota I believe that was like a week later once again never looked back but you had yeah. so many huge wins that year you had the 66 wins I think you're only one of six teams one of five or six teams in NBA history with a double digit point differential but you guys did not have I mean if you are doing it like a resume type of thing you didn't yeah, have yeah. like a really good early postseason you struggled like no, mightily no. with some really bad no, teams we- do you think that that's yeah, we, really penalizing you guys in terms of the historical outlook at that 08 team at all? Yeah, um, sir. I, yeah, we struggled with the first with the first round, and that that was that was basically the only bad bad team we mm-hmm. played. Uh, uh, and then uh, maybe I don't know how many losses we had in the regular season for with bad teams, but we did a pretty good job, I believe, uh, beating beating teams we should beat. But uh the first the first that everybody hold us accountable for that first series and um and giving you know, give Atlanta credit. They they hit shots at their house. They hit shots. They made shots, uh, with with our hand up, um and they and they just kept making shots. <laughs> it always came down to the last last uh three, four minutes in the fourth quarter. But at our house, we blew them out by like you know. Oh, like every game 20, was 30 yeah, points. Every game, every was game 30. yeah. And that that seven. It was game just. Was it was just that they. It was just that sometimes these NBA players, you know, they they will hit shots, and sometimes the ones that you don't think is going to hit shots will knock shots down because these are NBA players. But after that series, uh, we went on to beat everybody. Uh, uh, suffered, you know, with with LeBron, and that was a good team. That wasn't a bad team, LeBron. LeBron is LeBron. Everybody know that. Uh, 
one in there, and he was able to uh, push that game to seven games. And um, and we prevailed at the end because he got hot at, in game seven. And you know, Bron was a little more than hot. He was a little more Yeah, hot. yeah, hot. Real red hot. Yeah, yeah. he was hot. <laughs> he was also pretty so good. That, yeah, and he was good. So that, you know, that's a, that's just a tough playoff series. And then the ones after that only went to six. That's it. That's, that's all. It went four, four, two, four, two. Yeah, you guys never even won a road. You never even won a road playoff game to the third game of the Eastern Conference Finals, which is really the only time you really had to win one because you went up one one. Yeah, but that was the first. Yep. That was what was really what was remarkable about that season was that was the first time that group was together and they won a championship. Usually, we've seen throughout NBA history, teams got to get punched in the mouth, they got to lose before they win. I mean, this goes back throughout. I mean, yeah. Jordan's Bulls, the Pistons, Jordan, yep. Shaq losing with the getting swept. Yep. Shaq would get swept, swept and everything. But when you compare yep. sort of this team, I don't want to compare this team to your to you guys, but just that scenario that they're in. Yes, the Celtics made the playoffs last year, but, I mean, kind of not. I mean, they got swept. We don't really have a really great recollection of it because of that. But I kind of attributed it to your struggles against Atlanta and even Cleveland because you guys were struggling with games in Cleveland as well, particularly even those close. You couldn't really win those close games. On the road, it was close. Yeah. How mm-hmm. much? How much was that? Was just jitters and even not being together and playing in adverse environments. Um, no, it was some of that was. You know, to say some of it maybe was. I, I know our OA team was. We was never afraid of a big moment. We was never afraid to go on the road. Uh, we was one of the best road teams. I think we was the best or top two, something like that, in the regular season. So uh, it, it was it was um, never a dull moment to go on a roll and try to win the game. We liked doing that, but for some reason, in the first two rounds of the playoffs, um, we couldn't we couldn't get one. We couldn't win at the last uh, last few minutes of the games. Um, and you know, the other team granted was hitting shots, but um, we tried. We, you know, we tried hard to get to get it done, but we couldn't get it done until we had to get one. You know, people were saying we, we couldn't win on the road, uh, starting to hear, hear, those, hear those little ramblings come up, uh, saying we couldn't win on the road. But when we had to get one, Detroit came in at our house and beat us, and we told ourselves, we were just like, all right, now let's go get – now let's go let's go handle our business on the road. Uh, you know, let's, let's see what we made up. Let's handle our business on the road. We've been one of the best road teams in the uh, playoffs and regular season. Let's, let's – now let's go do it because, uh, you know, we had we had to. And and sure enough, we did it and we pulled it out. But it was just about winning them t- close games on the road, and we couldn't, for some reason, first two rounds we couldn't win that. Do you get concerned at all looking at the 2016 Celtics in terms of winning games on the road? Because before Friday night's game, this is why I think Friday night was so big, not because of the team they beat, yeah. the quality of the team they beat, but where they yeah. won and the environment they where, beat just yeah. was just that place is mm-hmm. a freaking madhouse. And when you put everything together. Wow. I was going to, I mean, I was even going to ask you how concerned you would be of this Celtics team having to win, I mean, let alone in Golden State, but come playoff time against whoever they're going to be playing here, Atlanta, Charlotte, whatever musical chairs uh, team that it's yeah. going to be. Was it concerning at all in that they really, I don't want to say they don't have a go-to guy because Isaiah Thomas is kind of developing into that. No, even yeah. at, uh, mm-hmm. but how concerned were you going into the playoffs because they're going to make the playoffs now of this team do you think that they're capable of winning must-win games on the road, this group? Uh, I think this group is a strong net group, man. They, uh, If you see them, if you be around them, uh, hang around them, they like, they like, they're like family-oriented, man. They they love each other. Uh, guys love playing with each other. 
and they love playing for each other. Only time time that this this group get discombobulated a little bit when they lose is uh you know we we start playing individually. Yes. Every time no we play question. together and, and and we play and we play defense on the string, we hard to beat. We tough tough nose defensive team, especially out there on the perimeter. We got we got guys that that can really guard on the basketball, and uh, and that helps a lot in this league because you need perimeter defense defenders. And then, um, and, and yeah, like I said, we tough, and um, and it's just you know it just shows that this group, this group could win, probably a must win on the road. This group could do that. Isaiah, like they said, we ain't got no go to guy, but Isaiah's been turning into our go to guy uh, throughout the whole season, and um, we look to him for points. We look to him to score, uh, score our crucial possessions, and um, we look to him to get us going also. So we feed off of him also on his energy on the offensive end. But the defensive end, we got a number of different guys can do a number on you. So that's 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 that helps any uh, role uh, must win situation for the team to uh, try to go beat that team in the road. Yeah, I thought you brought up a great point when you were talking about things seem to go a little awry when there's a little too much individual basketball being played. Yeah, that's sort yeah. of that's what I was harping trouble. on, especially when the team started to struggle around January, around the new year. There was way too much individual basketball. It wasn't even just mm-hmm. – it was whenever things seemed to get tense. And that's what I thought was the most impressive part about Friday night was after the Warriors were making that push in the third quarter, it would have been just so easy for guys like Turner or Thomas or these other veterans to just take over – and that's just going to yeah. lead to just being swarmed on defense. The Warriors go on a huge run. The next thing you know, it's a 17-point game in their house before you know yeah. it. And mm-hmm. they did. I mean, that is that that is the highlighted improvement of this season is that they kind of just yeah. kept – they stuck to the – it's easier said than done to, quote-unquote, stick to the game plan. All it takes is for something like yeah. that not to go well, let alone in a friggin' madhouse like that. And, yep. they, and, and they did. Yeah, yeah, and and they, they did that. And coach, give coach credit. Coach did a, a a great job of making sure them guys stayed calm, especially during the run. And they knew he had them prepared. They knew Golden State was going to make runs. They was going to hit shots. Coach told him you can't overreact, and that's that's a big key. You can't overreact. And um, besides that, once they you know once they made their run, and um, you know we did it as a committee. And let alone like go to state. That's what. That's how they play. Everybody is Steph Curry, but they play together. They it's, it's everybody on that team, including the bench. So that's what we we did. We play. We ended up playing together. There's a number of different guys that stepped up for us. Marcus Smart hit uh, some cru- a three pointer, uh, crucial drive in the basket when they switched out. Um, uh, Isaiah got us going in the third. Um, matching Steph Curry. Um, it's just a number of different guys hit shots. Evan Turner did a great job. Um, the bench did a great job. Just everybody played in that game did a great job of, of contributing in some way, form, or fashion to uh, that win. Now there's a game tonight, and technically this is the Celtics pregame segment here on CLNS Radio, but there's only so much pregame you can do, particularly after Friday night. But they are playing L.A., and this was a game that I had circled on the calendar that was going to be an issue no matter what, no matter how they won that game against Golden State on Friday night, no matter how they were coming in undefeated, no matter how they've been winless on the streak, largely because of where it was on the schedule. Last game on a road trip where I believe this road trip is eight or nine days, I can't count it precisely, began uh, last Saturday against Phoenix, so eight days. Uh, I mean, yeah. what in God, I mean, I guess, once again, we're kind of stating the cliche here by saying, what do they have to do to, quote-unquote, put Friday behind them against Golden State and, yeah. and come out tonight and, you know, 
beat a pretty not a very good Lakers team, but a Lakers team that actually is it's capable of sneaking up on some teams, beating the Celtics, beat the Warriors in their house on a Sunday about a month ago. Uh, beat um, yeah. I believe I think they they beat someone pretty good earlier. Uh, Miami. They beat my they beat Miami earlier in the week. Easier said than done trying to get in this win tonight, considering how much of an emotional high the team is still probably on after Friday night and then having to fly all the way down the coast. Yeah, yeah, they probably still have some questions about, um, you know, the the, the uh, way they beat the Warriors and, and how they won uh, against the Warriors at their house, breaking the streak. Yeah, it's such an emotional win. Um but you know, this is the NBA. We had we got a saying. You know, we got a saying like just on to the next. So you can't get too high, too low, or any given win or any given loss. So when you when you win, uh, you talk about it, uh, celebrate a little bit, but then you move on because it's a long season. You ain't got no time to dwell on uh, whether you win or or lose. But it's gonna be you know it's gonna be hard because. They came off such an emotional win um, uh, Friday against the Warriors, so it's going to be tough to get back up. But that's what the the good teams want to be a good to great team. That's what they do. And not like our old team, we try to, you know, once we win, we we put it behind us. We look to the next game. We start game planning right on the uh, right on the uh, plane. Uh, KG start talking about what we got to do. We all start uh, dialoguing out, out with each, with each other, and um, and that's what you got to do. And this team, you know, and I know this team is a is a good group, and they know what's at stake. They don't want to. They don't want to, you know, beat the Warriors and then try to cut and come into the Lakers and, and don't perform well. At least, you know, teams you're gonna get beat by teams uh, in the NBA. It just it's just gonna happen because it's the NBA. But you don't want to have a bad showing for us. You don't play hard and don't perform well and play together. That's the most important thing: win, lose, or draw. Why is it so hard to sort of get up for these types of games? One example that I could use when you're talking about emotional highs and having a long road trip is when you guys in March swept the Texas Triangle. You won in San Antonio, in Houston, to end their long winning streak, 22 games. And then you won a Thursday night game in Dallas. And then you had, I believe it was a Saturday night in New Orleans. You had a big lead. But it just seemed like that whole game, you guys were a little flat. And that's sort of the example I use here. What is it really sometimes that makes it so challenging in finishing the job on a, on a long road trip? I mean, is it, is it really just as simple as it says? Is it simply just fatigue? Or is there a little more than that there? No, nah, we're finishing the job on a long road trip, man. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a little bit fatigue, but uh, it, it is a little more than that. It's just like, you know, you gotta think of it as like you going in there and trying to, you know, trying to close out, trying to uh, close close out on a good note uh, to the end of a road trip. But you don't want to go out there and lay hey. So you want to go out there and just play your best and, and, and play your normal team defense, your principles. You want to go out there and get after it and uh, and see what happens. But sometimes, and like teams often do, they look past that uh, last game on a road trip. And, uh, you know, ready to, uh, get back home, especially if they had big wins the previous win, uh, previous, uh, days before that. And so you just can't look past it. You know, you just got to play hard and got to, got to take that game, uh, really challenging head on and, and try to win the game. Uh, it's the best way you can, but it do have some fatigue to do with it because last road to your legs ain't, ain't what it, <laughs> where it's at. I mean, a couple of times legs ain't where, where you want it to be, but you got to fight through some stuff. Man. And like, like always in the NBA season, you always gonna have to fight through something. 
Yeah, I will say a lot about the Celtics, I think, if they can win this game tonight. I'm not going to get overly de- depressed if they do end up losing this game to the Lakers and even take a season sweep to the second-worst team in the NBA because I think that that win on Friday night was just that much important to this team. Real quick, though, because oh. I've had you here for from quite some time. Are you at all bothered that it seemed like the team may have tried to rush Jay Crowder back from his injury by playing him against Portland Wednesday? Um, yeah, well, you know, I know the Celtics wouldn't do nothing to uh, – Put him in, uh, put him in jeopardy. Um, but as you know, it's more so the player too. You know, you know the players. We we want to play through anything. When we feel a little bit better, we we like, okay, we can go, <laughs> we can go. Okay, I I I can feel it. We can go now. But you know, sometimes we gotta tell ourselves, man, what's what's the uh, bigger picture in the long run? What's better for us? But as players, we don't we don't think like that. So we want to get out there and and, and try to help our team as best way as the best way we can, but I know Jay Crowder, I know his heart, I know he wanted to be there for his team, I know he tried to push it just to get back, you know, tried to push it a little bit, probably extra, just to uh, get back with his team, you know what I'm saying, players like that, good defenders, good team guys, they feel like they're letting their team down when they're not out there, and so by him pushing it back, it just shows that, you know, he wanted to get back out there and try to be there for his team, maybe slightly too early, who knows, but what happened in the game, yeah, he probably felt a little bit, you know, not not as good as he wanted to coming back a little early. Yeah, I would have jumped on a little bit, especially since the team is pretty much going to be clinching a playoff spot here within the next few days. Best way to get you out here. I've heard a lot yeah. of you referring to the Celtics as we, and I know it's a little more than just because of the fact that you played two years here and won a championship. I know you're working for the team. Tell the audience now a little bit yeah. what you're doing for the Celts. Man, uh, yeah, I do a little bit of everything for the Celtics, man. I'm um, the, uh, one of the team's consultants uh, for its community uh, relations-wise, and I'm also a team uh, ambassador, which I do a lot of uh, stuff with the kids, a lot of stuff with sponsorships, man. And um, sometimes I do, um, you know, do uh, the radio, uh, help help with our, our games and our commentary work and a little TV work. I'm on call, so – do a little bit of everything uh, and, and, and just try to help much as much as I can. Leon Poe, 2008 yep. NBA world champion, former member of the Boston Celtics. Happy to have you back here and even more happier to have you on the show. Hope you enjoyed your time here, man. Oh, yeah, of course. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. What a class act. Leon Poe, as stated, so happy to have him back with the team, have him around this area. What a class act. Great person and a great guest to Celtics speed. Let's pause briefly for station identification. You're listening to CLNS Radio, home to the original Celtics podcast, Celtics Stuff Live. Around the NBA in five is brought to you by American Farmers Network. A consumer should know where their food comes from and the standards that should be adhered to. And American Farmers Network's meats are produced by the network of small family farmers who are committed to the most natural and compassionate approach to ranching. Their production standards go above and beyond even USDA regulations and all of their certified organic beef is 100% grass-fed. From poultry to pork and, of course, beef, AFNs, family ranchers are committed to providing you and your family with the healthiest, most nutritious meat so you can live the healthy lifestyle in which you have a right to. What are you waiting for? Log on to AmericanFarmersNetwork.com and eat and live healthy today. Let's roll. So, of course, we bring back around the NBA in five to pull a junior say-how and jump on the pile of this Lakers thing after the tackle's already been made. In case you've been living under a rock, Lakers number two overall draft pick, D'Angelo Russell. I've actually been confusing him 
a bit, calling him Demarcus Russell, almost like Jamarcus Russell by accident, rekindling memories of that Raiders quarterback. D'Angelo Russell pulled a Richard Nixon, if you will, secretly recorded teammate Nick Young. In said conversation, Young talked about affairs with other women while he's engaged to some Australian pop star. I can't pronounce her name. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I don't really care about those people to me. Video, of course, courtesy of TMZ. Where else? So many angles to get to that mostly have been covered already. Like I said, it's Sunday, April 3rd. This video came out almost two weeks ago now before the major networks jump on it this past week. As expected, almost nobody is coming to the defense of Russell, even though Young is technically the story here, if you want to call it that. Nobody likes a rat, no matter what age. And we saw Byron Scott, he connect like a 14-year-old when he was referring to Russell. Uh, doing something like this is not even acceptable for a 14-year-old. No age. I mean, this is appalling. Steven Jackson, of all people, Captain Jax, he said it on ESPN. However, Jax, you did not complete the phrase, the sentence. You just said snitches get stitches. That's a phrase, Steven. Afraid of the suits because the old adage has always been and has been utilized on this show in the past. Snitches get stitches and wind up in ditches. Now, highly doubtful that Young or any one of the Lakers brass is going to get the mob involved to take this kid out. But at least use that one correctly because it's worth it here. I'm surprised, actually, this is not being done more, actually, sadly. Largely because I have such a low view of people. Uh, quite frankly, here in America, there are all sorts of recorders, features on their phones, smartphones. And the government, this government encourages people to snitch on their neighbors. So, yeah, I'm it's sad. I'm actually surprised we have not seen more of this and more people have not been caught doing this. And more common citizens don't do it. I actually hope I'm not giving people ideas now. I know I have been paranoid with supposed people I know that I seem trustworthy. I, I would not call them friends because I don't have any friends, but I have to watch every word what I say everywhere. It's the Nixon White House everywhere we go. Say, see something, say something. That's the modage of the DHS. So it's whatever you want to call it. This is something that can legitimately happen to everyone. And you can get your life turned upside down because of it. Heck, look at Nick Young. I know he's got millions of dollars, but he's almost surely going to lose his marriage. Now, of course, to basketball, of course the Boston media jumps on it. Should the Celtics trade for this guy? How predictable. Anytime there's a problem with anyone with their team, the Celtics have to come up in every trade discussion to fill the airwaves of space. First off, he plays a position that isn't of need for the Celtics, but why I actually wasted two-tenths of a breath of oxygen on that, I don't know why. In a more civilized society... In a more intellectually advanced means of dialogue, the only questions would be, what bones in D'Angelo Russell's body should be broken? Should we break every one of D'Angelo's fingers? Should we stomp on his family jewels? Should we kick your teeth so far down your throat, you'll stick a toothbrush straight up your ass to brush them? Yes, thank you, Rock. I, mm. I don't think, uh, good. we're out of, good, good, we're out of time. I, I don't think... We can top that. Never. Uh, only thing, well, maybe a few things can top, but actually definitely a few things like programming here on this network, CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of the Boston Celtics. Got the game tonight against said Lakers, the D'Angelo Russell-led LA Lakers uh, tonight at the Staples Center. After the final buzzer, CLNS Radio will go live with the Boston Celtics postgame show available on www.clnsradio.com. Want to call into the live broadcast after the game? which I don't know, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time tip. Uh, so probably going to end sometime around midnight-ish, around there. But maybe you're on the left coast or in a different part of the world, and the hour is not bad for you. 
Call in toll free 347-215-7771. That's 347-215-7771 to get on these airwaves. Or again, listen to the live stream or on demand whenever at clnsradio.com. That's not all. Tomorrow, Selig Stuff Live will be released at the start of your workday. Once again, pending you live on the East Coast, available again on clnsradio.com at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. For on-demand download, the original Celtics podcasters, Justin Poulin and John Duke, are back and better than ever before, which is saying something considering, A, how long these guys have been at this, and B, well, how long these guys have been at this. Trust me when I say this, great show last week with CSNE's Jimmy Toscano. Great eight shows they're up to now, I believe, with the network. Phenomenal stuff. Again, Celtic stuff live on CLNSRadio.com and the CLNS Radio mobile app available for your iPhone and Android. So that is on Cionis Radio just in the course of the next 24 hours with this wall-to-wall Celtics coverage, let alone as the Celts return to the Garden to face the Pelicans on April 6th. I've got the pregame show with Pelicans color commentator David Wesley, Celtics locker room reporter Jared Weiss with the Garden Report, the postgame show as well. But that's then. This is now, and this is the end of episode number 151 of Celtics Speed. Music for Celtics Beat was provided by Will Rock, Joshua Morse, Chuck Deets, and Steph DeGratteau. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is Celtics underscore Beat. And you can like Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio on Facebook. Keep up with the show at Facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Also, Google Plus, Celtics Beat on CLNS. like to thank our guests, Leon Poe, as well as our sponsors today, CT, Godable, Casper, and American Farmers Network, for making this all possible, along with our loyal audience of this show. For our staff writer, Eddie Santiago, program director, Nick Gelso, and myself, the executive producer and host of Celtics Beat, Larry H. Russell, see you next Sunday for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Radio.